Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. On the Just Being Honest podcast show, we are dedicated to educate the public about how to live a purely toxic-free lifestyle. By eliminating and dramatically reducing the use of many products and lifestyle threats that contain these harmful ingredients that often bombard our life in a mysterious manner, we too can all as a collective whole become healthier and mentally wealthier. So join me on the ride. We're getting deep. So I finally have my voice back and I am so thrilled. I have to say I've caught myself uh, multiple times just wanting to be that little chatterbox over and over and over again. You know what I'm talking about when you just catch yourself being like, I'm talking, nothing needs to be said right now, but I did it anyways. I'm becoming much more cognizant, you know, just kind of taking a step back and saying, does that need to be said right now? Are we okay to sit with silence? Yeah, we're okay, you know? But you're probably thinking, KB, like, how'd you lose your voice in the first place? Uh, I think it was the universe kind of hushing me up for a little bit, but I had, if you follow along on my Instagram I had quite a month last month. I went to Italy. It was amazing. And then I came back, had all the jet lag, even though I thought I was not going to get jet lag. It was not horrible, except it was mentally difficult for me, if that makes sense. I slept well, yet I just felt so down in the dumps. And then I got a second degree burn on my leg and it peeled off all the skin I know. I know graphic. It was horrible. And so my body was going through quite a recovery on that mentally and physically. Um, And then I got this stomach like flu. And then that turned into this sore throat to a sinus head cold to a horrible like dry cough that took my voice away. So I'm feeling, and then it literally, literally snapped the fingers, went away one day. So here I am. I just feel so great now. And I feel truly alive. Um, Back to all my healing modalities. I actually am going to post the things that I used, all the herbals that I used, because I didn't use any antibiotics. I used purely herbal remedies. And... um. I truly believe the work that I did on myself mentally and physically helped a lot and some sleep. Oh my gosh, a good comfy bed. But our next guest today, she is transformative. She is such a light in my life. I am so happy that we've crossed paths and that I can call her my friend. Um, She was a huge blessing on our wedding day, she came to my hotel room the morning of my wedding day and took me through this energetic practice. And I cried and she stretched out old traumas within my body and opened up the feminine pathway. Yes, she did. So Today, we are going to be talking about that, that relationship between the masculine and the feminine, primarily tapping into, it's going to sound very ethereal, so you might have to rewind it, but tapping into toxic relationships and how that kind of is formed and how we need to recognize what is being activated within us because it's being mirrored into the subject in front of us. So I hope you guys all enjoy this. She is going to be on for a part two, a part three, a part four. She's going to be on for more topics at hand, and I cannot wait. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Cynthia Abolafia. For real though, just talking um, with my next guest about 
husbands. God bless them, right? Um, today we're going to be talking, guys. This is a this is kind of um, a more innovative introduction because we've already been talking for a while. But my next guest is. I don't know what to call her because she is not from this earth, just like me. Um, you guys might understand it as like a yoga instructor, but again, she doesn't teach yoga. She teaches basically, God, I don't even know. It's not even like philosophy. It's not life. It's not existence. It's like how to like feel yourself, right? That sounds silly, but like be in your own realm, be in your own vibes. So a yoga teacher to, you're like, yeah, you go to her yoga class, right? But she's done more for me and my life. Um, guys, welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. If you are new here, welcome. If you are a charter member, as I like to call it, welcome back. Um, our next guest, Cynthia Avalafia, is on the show, and she's going to be on multiple times because her voice is a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of insight, I should say. So welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you. Hello. <laughs> Don't be scared of the mic. I, I won't. I won't be scared of the mic. So we decided we wanted to start off with, you know, me being a toxic-free lifestyle advisor and you just bringing clarity I think to most of the people that you work with on a daily basis and having them see beyond, hmm, you know, I'll just say the word notice, notice what you notice, right? As you love to say, notice what you notice, you know, taking the subject apart from the, what is it that you say? The perspective? No, project. I don't know, something. You say something in class all the time, and perhaps you're channeling. But where I'm getting to right here, right now, is that our connection is amazing. We had a beautiful, beautiful journey that Cynthia took me on the morning of my wedding day. I had her come to my hotel room and basically start to cleanse my my body, my old wounds from past relationships, you know, maybe, um, you know, forbidden truths from my old, you know, restricted feminine side. I don't know what you would call it, but we're really going to jump into today about, or maybe just, you know, the tip of the iceberg about toxic relationships, relationships in general. And we are just saying, thank God to our husbands. Um, so I really want to just give you the floor and let you just start talking because I know you probably have a lot going through your mind right now and I'm just babbling. <laughs> You're not babbling. There's definitely so much we could say about all of these topics. I will start by saying something you introduced, which is that I'm not exactly a yoga teacher and that's totally true. Even though I've been teaching yoga for 20 years, I actually don't consider myself to be a yoga teacher at all. And it sort of ties in to the other things that you were talking about or um, implying, alluding to, which is a lot of my interest is in awakening our curiosity and mm -hmm. notice what you notice, which I think of as the real gift of the feminine divine. To me, yoga, not to me, but really even historically, yoga is uh, the, the perfected masculine spiritual ideal, which I have to explain because it's not, it has nothing to do with sex or gender, actually. It has more to do with core energy and um, paired opposites, right? Because relationship really comes down to paired opposites. Mm. The masculine spiritual ideal, which yoga represents, is one lineage out of many, many lineages. I would say almost all lineages for the past 3,000 years have been of the masculine spiritual ideal. It's goal-oriented, and the goal is silence. The goal is always silence. So when you sit to meditate, what you're doing is cleansing your mind of distraction so that 
you can immerse yourself at least for moments at a time in an experience of no beingness or pure stillness, pure silence. Some people call it peace. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all still the, what, actually what it is is the death principle, the stillness principle. The feminine spiritual ideal is all about movement and limitation and boundary. Because the only thing that the infinite cannot do is to limit itself, to create boundary. And so it's actually said that the feminine created herself out of love, out of adoration, out of love for the stillness. To show the infinite that it is so wild and free that the most wild and free thing that she could do for the infinite would be to create what's impossible, which is limitation and boundary. So in relationships, and we're going to talk about toxic relationships, it really, it can be between partners. Actually, it's really great when it's between intimate partners, because then you really get to see the full and complete, um, like all the fractals of your partner, including in intimacy and touch. But it doesn't actually have to be just in partnership. It can be the relationship you have to yourself. It can be the relationship. It it should be the relationship you have to all the members of your family, your children, your parents, things like that. Because in the masculine spiritual ideal, there's this kind of um, hidden bias that asks us, to leave. You know, it's a distraction. You should leave. I mean, the old model from Buddhism, from yoga, from all of these paths is to physically leave, Mm. to like actually leave your children, to actually leave your kingdom and, and to go off into the wild woods by yourself, because the truth is only going to be found once you leave. But what we're talking about here is embodied self-realization self-realization of the feminine nature where you actually use your relationships as the celebration, as the deepening, as the self-realization, as the return to the heart. So in some ways, we could just talk about what it is to be in relationship, but in other ways, you're literally talking about falling in love with the divine within yourself, within your partner, And setting up a whole different paradigm with them, not leaving, basically, not leaving yourself. When something comes up inside of us, we want to leave. We want Mm -hmm. to, the, the, the masculine spiritual ideal, including in yoga, would be to say, let it go, Mm -hmm. right? Let Mm -hmm. it go. Well, what does that even mean? None of us even knows what that means because Mm -hmm. how do you let it go? Like if you shake it off, brush it off. I don't know what that means, but then tomorrow it'll be back, won't it? Right. What about next week? It'll be back. And isn't it interesting how the pattern that you try to let go of does come back? It comes back again and again. And you talk to your best friend, she has a different pattern, but you see hers and you're like, oh my God, that again? And it's, because that's what it does. We can't just let it go. It's going to mm-hmm. keep coming back until we actually turn toward it, create a relationship to it, and integrate in it. So the word toxic, it's interesting because I like to always talk about agency, like creating agency mm-hmm. through the feminine. And that which is toxic, in Tantra, there's kind of a sweet saying, which is the ground that trips us, the thing that's poison, the Mm -hmm. poison is the nectar. So the ground that trips us is the same ground that holds us, Mm -hmm. the same ground that holds us up. So to look at the places that have had pain, difficulty, poison, um, to really look at it and not turn away and not deny it, but to really take a look at it, that's actually the path of the heart. It's actually not possible to spiritually bypass on the feminine path. 
because what you're doing is you're looking at all activations at all times in relationship. So you can only bypass if your goal is stillness or silence. If you're saying, hey, our relationship is less than love, so I'm going to go cool off, you go cool off, and we'll talk again tomorrow when we can come back to that. Yeah, we'll let it go. We'll just let it go. Um, That's not possible in the feminine. In the feminine, it's like, oh my God, what is this activation? Mm -hmm. Hmm, I'm really curious now. Let's talk about it. Totally. Let's look at it. Let's feel it. Um, there are so many layers to this and I think I'll take this one track if it's okay with you. Mm-hmm. The mind, th- this is a yoga teaching. In yoga, they say chitta for mind and it doesn't mean thought. It means thought emotion because it's understood that there's no such thing as a thought without an emotion. You're never going to have a thought that's not connected to an emotion. Those of us that try to have thoughts, like we we do, we put all of our energy into separating thought from emotion. Mm -hmm. We're either considered like dry, you know, like that dry professor who's like all thought, or more typically we're sociopaths. Like that's the definition of a sociopath, right? And it's the same thing with emotion You can never separate emotion from a thought. Hmm. If you try, if you're so blind in your emotion, it would be like a passionate rage or a blind rage or a blind whatever. But thought and emotion, an emotion is just a thought that's going in a circle. So thought and emotion are one thing. There's not even two words for that. There's just the one word for it. Um, From my perspective, I add another element to this, and that's the body. You cannot separate thought and emotion from the body. You cannot do it. No. So anybody who does body work or trauma work knows that our emotions are actually stored in our body tissue. Or anyone that personally experienced things like panic attacks or lose your gut when you have to confront a conflicting situation. Right. You know? Why is mold so toxic for some people and so not toxic for other people? Right. Right? There's always going to be complex layers to this. And how the body responds, it does have to do with history, trauma, thoughts, emotions, relationships. We're very complex beings. And so um, the body is... I guess you could say scientists call it stress, right? I mean, whenever somebody says you have stress in your body, what they're really saying is that's an emotion in your body. Stress is emotion, right? Stress is emotion. I have so much anxiety toward this thing that's coming up. And then you clench up, you clench your gut, you clench your chest, you shut down your throat. Mm. It's somewhere. And wherever it is to you, that's what's interesting, So now that I've said that thought, emotion, and body are one continuous experience, like it's on a continuum, thought, emotion, and body, they're one continuous experience. Now we can actually talk about agitations, the poison, because when we feel it, we don't know where it's going to hit us. Is it a thought that comes in? Is it an emotion that gets hit? Is it a contraction in our body? We don't really know, but in relationship, you have to see what the landscape is telling you. If you're in an argument with your partner and it's your body that constricts, guess what? It's also an emotion and it's also a thought. Mm. So if your emotion, if your heart constricts, if your heart shuts down, there's probably a hidden thought that's related to that. And you have to be able to stop, turn toward, and pay attention to what the whole activation is telling you. You have to be fully awake and aware, or else, what is it, the complex is going to grip you? Yes. It's either going to be running the show without you knowing it. Mm -hmm. We call that triggers, Mm -hmm. which is a word I don't like, to be honest, because it's kind of trendy. It's not that. It's not that it's trendy. It's that the word trigger disempowers us. 
It's, it's a weapon. A trigger only belongs to a weapon. So the word is a violent word. And that what a trick is right? so true. Something I've never even thought of. Yeah. Once the trigger has been pulled, you have no agency over what's happening next, right? Because presumably the weapon has been sprung and what's flying out of it is so fast that you can't catch it. That's the whole point of the trigger, right? It's been sprung. I've been triggered. Now I'm in reactive state. That's not actually true. Not if you talk about thought, emotion, and body as being one continuous source. Mm -hmm. It's an activation. Okay, now I have something to work with. If I call it an activation, I can point to it in my body. I can take my finger and literally touch my body where the activation is. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been sprung. It's not on a wild chase. It's, it, it's not out there in the world somewhere. It's, it's literally in me and I now have the ability and the agency to look at it. So I actually believe that activations, what some people call triggers, activations are the most powerful tool we have in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you go from toxicity, which is the out of control, I don't have any agency here, to the opposite. I have total agency because I know exactly what's happening in my body. I don't yet know what the emotion is, maybe. I don't yet know what the core memory is because there's always a thought in there. Sometimes it's from birth. We can't even remember the thought. Sometimes it's something somebody said to us when we were really young. It'll come to us in a week. It'll come to us in 10 years. It'll come to us in a ceremony. It'll come to us in meditation. If we ask for it, if we really look at the activation, it will always reveal itself to us. So how do you, when you're looking for the activation, is it that you need to just not react, not respond, but you need to become quiet at first and feel and then align the, the thoughts? Well, how do you stop time? an activation? Right. The, so this is what, this is sacred relationship. Okay. Now we're getting into it. To me, the definition of sacred relationship, whether it's with a family member, a child, a parent, a friend, all your friends, I mean, more and more nowadays, pretty much most of my friendships, I could call this, and certainly my primary relationship with my husband of, we've been together for 20 years, married almost 16, and we've had to work at it and work at it, and believe me, I mean, we could have a whole episode on how much I've failed, but you know what I mean, though? Like, it's, it's you don't just all of a sudden come to this. You come to this through, like, the agonizing work. Yes. Right? Like the, the agony. At, at some point, the pain is like, okay, well, it's actually going to be harder for me to ignore the pain than to look at it. Right. Okay. It'll be much quicker right. to look at it. Rip off, yes. as they say, what? Rip off the band-aid. Totally. Right? So sacred relationship is when you come to that place, you come to that threshold. And what you say is, okay, what I want for you is your awakening into your heart. Mm. What I know you want for me is my awakening into my heart. If one of us gets reactive, we're the mirror for that. Totally. So here I am, I'm going to do my best not to be reactive when you're being reactive, but instead to show it to you. And this is why practice, 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 <laughs> right? Because, because we all react, but it's gotten to a point now with my, with my husband that he can do this. <laughs> Like he can sniff in a certain way and I can just gently say to him, hey, there's that thing that your body does when you have this, this pattern go through you. I'm not telling you to change it. I'm just telling you that you just did it. Now you can decide whether it's still serving you or whether you want to change it. I'm not trying to take away his agency. I'm just the mirror and I'm loving from love. Hey, there's that thing. And he does this to me all the time. Oh, there's that thing you you do, Cynthia, with the kids when they they ask you for a massage, a back scratch. There's that thing that you do. Did you notice you were doing it? And it's always from a place of like 
love, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes it's not. And then you reset and you turn toward it and you have a conversation and you reset, but you don't do it um, on your own. I don't leave the conversation to go figure it out. I turn toward and I say, huh, that's interesting. Let me pay attention to this. Let me watch myself do this. Let me see if I am actually doing this thing and where it is living in my body. But I trust that he's right because I know that what he wants for me is the opening of my heart, is love. That's real love, right? He, his agenda for me isn't to be in service, right? Like to just like fill our roles. I mean, yeah. right? Like you're doing the table. laundry today. Yeah. I'm doing the laundry tomorrow. Like it becomes <laughs> a baton, especially when you have kids, it becomes a baton. Like right. I picked up last week all days and that's not, it can, you can do this thing where it starts to be like, well, that's not fair. Like yeah. I'm making the dinner and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But, but actually the truth is that those cues are in our body when it's 5%. But most of us get angry when it's 95%. But the second I feel that tone, it's a trigger. It's an activation. The second I feel the activation in my system, I'm like, ooh, wait, let's look at this for a second. You know, um, which requires a lot of communication. And it also requires both of you to understand what the project is. Um, and I'll be perfectly candid here that last year was a year of reckoning, 15 years of marriage, but it was a year of reckoning for us where we had to stop and look at each other and almost bring ourselves back to zero because we had 15 years of patterns Yeah, that we hadn't actually done this work. And we had a great relationship. We had a lot of fun. We have great chemistry where we, we spend time together a lot. I mean, you know, we, but, but this stated intention, it wasn't there. And we needed to like claw back and figure out what's our actual, what's the point in being in a relationship? What's Some, the point? Right? Sometimes you think about that. Like you really step back and like, what is the point? But it's like, it's like, you know, what is it that I heard? Like, oh, there's that, that single girl where she's crying on a Friday night because she wants to be, wants a boyfriend, but then she's like with the boyfriend and then she's just wishing for that Friday night again that she used to have where all she had to do is wash her makeup brushes or something. I don't know. So it's like, where's yeah. the why and what is the why? Yeah. You know? Because we, what we don't, we don't actually just want a relationship, do we? Mm-mm. What we want is to be seen in our souls and to be seen by somebody who their greatest desire is our awakening. And we want to give that too. Everything in us wants to give that. And to me, this has nothing to do with ethics. This has nothing to do with like, what a marriage is. This actually has nothing to do with the masculine and the feminine. So let's go back to the masculine and the feminine for just a second, because men and women, we carry both. All of us carry both the masculine and the feminine to different degrees. The masculine, like I said, is the silence principle. The feminine is the movement principle. In ancient China, the roles were actually reversed. Yin is actually the the feminine yin is actually the silence, the stillness, the dark principle, and yang is the movement principle. So you can see that I'm only talking about paired opposites. In one system, it would be called the masculine. In the system, I call it the feminine. So I'm just going to stick to the tantric system from here on out, but it needs to be said because I'm not talking about men and women. I'm literally talking about paired opposites Mm -hmm. that get assigned a role that we can see masculine and feminine, but in other cultures it's flipped. So in my, in my description, the feminine is that which moves and the masculine is that which is still. 
again, it's different in other cultures, but in my description, it's it's also the Western, the Platonic, the Neoplatonic model. It also is this. So the masculine in us is the stillness principle, the death principle. It is that which doesn't move. It holds its love no matter what. The feminine in us is the weather that tries to knock down the masculine. If the masculine is the tree, the deep-rooted like sequoia tree, like a big, giant, straight, tall, still tree, the feminine is like poking that tree, hitting that tree, and going, do you love me now? 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 And the less the tree moves, the more she trusts the tree. If the tree holds its steadiness, its integrity, the stillness, the stillness to say, I love you no matter what, then the feminine can actually chill out and she can be like, okay, I poked you enough. Like we're, we're pretty good here. I'm still going to poke you. It's still going to be fun, but like, we're okay. And we do this to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have a stillness within ourselves and then we, we poke it. We poke the bear. We, we do this in our relationships, um, in a, let's call it a cis relationship. If the man is more masculine and the woman is more feminine, um, cause this is the, the stereotype. Well, aren't we doing that all the time? We're trying to poke the bear. The feminine is like, do you love me now? Do you love mm-hmm. me now? Do you love me now? Do you love me now? You know, like, I think I've pretty much hit every single angle of my husband to test him out to test his integrity. (laughs) Are you going to lose your cool if I do this? Are you going to lose your cool if I do that? Right. And, and it's the same for all relationships, regardless of how we, you know, how we, um, identify sexually, but within us and within all things, we, we really start to trust the paired opposite when it's in integrity. The feminine is always going to move. The feminine in us is always going to move. The masculine in us is always going to be perfect stillness. Now, if we know that these two sides of us want the awakening and the full recognition of the other, well, now you're in a real relationship. And that girl on the Friday night, she is going to show up for that. Mm -hmm. And she's going to show up for it for herself, not just for her partner. She's going to show up for it for her parents, because isn't it true that our parents teach us this too? We don't choose our parents. Most of our trauma is with our parents. So- oh, yeah. And and then we, in turn, I mean, I think I've told my audience this multiple times, but my husband and I see a marriage counselor, or we see a counselor, therapist together. Um, she was actually... Um, our officiant who married us she's amazing but it's something that we're going through right now you know I'm going through you know just big things hitting me memory wise that are being activated in seeing my husband or thinking that it's on him but it's really a childhood wound and I have to separate them completely but you're Except right. that it's touching the same cord, right? It's touching the same cord. Right. So the activation is there. Now you actually have the power to ask that cord what the original memory is. Hmm. And does that mean that you have to be re-traumatized? Unfortunately, there is an element to yeah. that. You do. True. If you haven't digested the original wound, you do have to look at it again. Mm-hmm. And with honesty and vulnerability, and maybe there's tears there Mm -hmm. that were never shed. Maybe you shut down your emotion because it was so unsafe. Maybe you just need to scream. Maybe you need to laugh. I don't know what the physical body response is. Maybe you need to shake, like a deer shakes or like a bear shakes its trauma out. A lot of us need to dance it out or shake it out. But until we actually see it, it is going to be reactivated again and again by our partner. Right. And instead of blaming them for the reactivation, once we become curious about it and really get curious with it, and once they become 
kind of like um, willing partners in the activation of it, then they can say, oh my God, Katie, I see the activation in you. Do you want to sit together? Do you want to just have a moment together? I see you're having this response. Some part of you wasn't acknowledged when the trauma happened, when you were young, mm -hmm. three, four, five. Just to be acknowledged in a sacred partnership, in a relationship with a deep friend, with a deep intimate partner, sometimes that's all we're looking for. Not being fixed, not being changed, but to be acknowledged. Oh, I see, I see how that pattern is moving through you. That's really, that's really hard for you. Yeah, and I believe this is what I think is through acknowledgement, um, you know, obviously it, it allows space for vulnerability, which allows more support, you know. We're and more intimacy. More, much more intimacy. Guys, if you are like, where is my lover? Guys, vulnerability is the key to anything. I truly believe. Even friendship. But you have to trust to be vulnerable, which means you have to be able to poke the masculine, the stillness principle, to actually settle and trust. Because, you know, okay, Tantra, which I do believe is what I teach. I don't believe I teach yoga. Yoga is a masculine, spiritual. In fact, yoga was really only ever taught to men, typically to men of the upper caste, Brahmin men. And then those special Brahmin men, already special, became ascetics, which means they, they literally left their family so yoga is, it's like a specialized masculine upon a specialized masculine upon a caste system. You're already upper privilege upon more. So the focus is so specific in yoga, but, but this, this is the feminine and she gets to play with everyone everywhere doing everything. And so this is, this, this is actually turning toward life because I'll tell you what, you deal with your activation today. Isn't it true that tomorrow you're going to have another one? Mm -hmm. But if you can recognize, mm -hmm. like if you can totally recognize the full body, thought, emotion, everything interconnected, activation. You stop blaming it. You stop blaming it. You stop whacking at the tree. Yeah. Or maybe you do. Or maybe you do and you're like, well, that, that sucked yesterday. Yeah. Or, oh my God, today is a really sucky day. But isn't that interesting? Right. Isn't that curious? Instead of being like, okay, go away. I'm going to go meditate this away. Because it's, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. I can tell you from all the journals I've written in, all of the journals I've kept, I could look back on it and be like, I'm writing the same damn thing over, over and over and, and over and, and guess over what? Again. It's showing up in my dreams. Right? It's Yeah. So actually turning toward it and being like, this is curious. This is curious. This is curious. Which brings me to another point. When we, like, you know, relationships. For integrity of the time, I do want to, because you're going to be back on again. We'll do part two, part three, part four. But curiosity and you know, kind of pushing curiosity out there towards an intimate partner or a relationship of any nature, right? A friendship. You know, when you lose curiosity, I believe that that is a toxic trait, right? Because oh, let's have a whole episode on curiosity. Oh, we Because can. I wrote a book on curiosity. Oh, great. I haven't published it yet, Perfect. but I wrote a whole book. Oh. Because curiosity to me is our superpower. I'll, oh. just, I'll leave it at that right now and just say curiosity is curiosity is the same thing as gratitude and the same thing as reverence. It starts as curiosity, but what it really is, is reverence. You're actually paying attention. And it is our absolute superpower. I believe it is the reason we're here. The only reason we're here. This is the reason we're here is our yeah. curiosity. And um, 
you know, crystals, they can reflect light outward. Animals, they can reflect outward into nature. Minerals, plants, all these things, they can reflect outward. But curiosity, the ability to turn our reflection back upon ourselves in Tantra, there's a special word for this. It's Vimarsha, Vimarsha, V-I-M, Vimarsha. And it's the ability to turn our awareness back upon ourselves, which I call curiosity. To me, this is the highest spiritual practice. It's probably the only spiritual practice, probably every single spiritual practice, including meditation done well, is a form of curiosity, open, available curiosity. So it's its own topic because it's so huge. But in relationship, we can tie it into relationship. In relationship, it's the willingness and the ability to get curious toward our activations. We're never going to fix our partner, not ever. We don't want to. We don't want to. And we don't want them to fix us either. I mean, how annoying is it when you sit with a friend and you have a problem and you're like sitting there with your girlfriend and she's like, oh my God, well, there's this thing that I did that you should totally do. There's, oh my God, you should totally go do this. Oh no, you should go do that other thing that I did. Mm. You're kind of like, shut up and just listen to my problem. I don't need to be fixed. I just want you to hear me. Yeah. Well, that's curiosity. We don't want to be fixed. We just want to be seen. Yeah. So as we wrap this up for today, toxic relationships coming back full circle. If you could say in a short little like one minute, what is the first thing that you would see that would, let's use the word activate, a toxic relationship? Well, there's no such thing as a toxic relationship out there. Mm. It's in here. Mm. You're not, you're not, you're not the victim of a toxic relationship. If you're being activated, that's you. This is absolute empowerment. So if you're activated just waking up and then you're activated all day long and your partner is unwilling to show up and acknowledge the activation, I'd, I'd run. But that's also a mirror that you're not willing to show up for yourself. Correct. So, so it's time to show up for yourself. Once you do Mm. the work, it's not subtle. Do I stay? Do I not stay? It's not subtle. When you start to wake up and you wake up for yourself, there's a fierce empowerment that starts to happen. And either your partner is there for it or they're not. And there's no blame, by the way. Everybody has their trauma. Not everybody is willing to look at it. Everybody has their trauma. Everybody is coming home to themselves. There's no such thing as a human being on this earth that isn't coming home to themselves. The question is, do you want to be there alongside them or not? And a lot of the time, it's not. And I'm going to end with this one thing, which I think is absolutely important, and it's about boundaries. A boundary is never about saying no to somebody else. Never. It's always about saying yes to your own heart. When it's a yes to your own heart, all the shame goes away, all the guilt goes away, all the blame and recrimination goes away. You could be with somebody, you know, nowadays politics are a big deal, activates people, who's on the opposite spectrum from you ideologically. And if you're there for each other, you're there for each other. But if you're like, hey, you're on your own journey and I can't be here for that, don't blame that person. Don't be like, it's because you're a this. It's because you're a that. And now all of a sudden I've demonized an entire 50% of the human population, right? No, either you're there for yourself. Every single one of us is coming home to ourselves, saying yes to yourself, or you're just not going to do it with that person. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with them. You know, every single one of us is coming back home to ourselves. Give our, give everybody the humanity. Everybody is like, everybody has the humanity to do that. Do you want to be near most of those people? Hell no. Most people I've met. No, I don't want to be like you do you, you're beautiful. 
and I'm going to find the people and cultivate the people around me that reflect the types of relationships I'm willing to have. And guess what? They do come. Mm. The people that are willing to reflect with honesty that what they want for me is my awakening and what I want for them is their awakening. Maybe you have one friendship instead of 30. Maybe next year you have one more friendship instead of 30. Guess what? After 10 years, you're going to have a posse of empowered, beautiful, radiant human beings where you understand what the project is and the yes from your heart. So what if it looks like no from the outside? Sorry, I can't hang out with... I am, I'm, I'm not willing to enter into this relationship contract, but that's a yes to me. Right. And it opens up more doors for other true yes opportunities. Yeah. And, oh. and, and it never closes the door to that person either. Let's say they go and they do a journey. You don't shut the door. And, you know, this is like the classic yoga thing for like the bright young, you know, rainbows and butterflies yoga. And she changes her name to like Shakti Ma. And then she's like, oh, I don't talk to my parents. They're terrible. You know? Yeah. Well, guess what? There's no such thing as terrible. There's just boundaries. Mm. Every single one of us is in a journey back to ourselves and figure out your own humanity. You'll figure out theirs. No, you never have to talk to them again, but at least acknowledge where the activation is and do the work. I love it. You're a beautiful soul. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So next time we've got to talk about, we're going to focus on curiosity and guys, I'm going to cut her off right here, right now, but I'm telling you, I know you needed to hear this and it was a lot. It was a lot of energetic words, I'll just say, coming out. But really do that playback, listen to it time and time again, send it to a friend, a family member. Cynthia, where can everyone find you if they want to follow you? Oh, I'm on Instagram, Cynthia Abulafia Yoga. I actually have a secret TikTok page, Awakening Curiosity. Really? I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> well, God I was, bless you for doing that. I, I, so I don't look at TikTok, but I post videos about these topics because, and I'll tell you why, it's because I can post two or three minute videos instead of a one minute video mm. and I can do it anonymously. Oh, right. Nice. So like I never need to like get caught into the whole thing. I can just like throw it on there and if it helps one person, that's great. And if It'll not, men, that's great. Sure. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to have you back on. This is going to be amazing guys. Follow her on Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. And um, also, write in. Um, you can follow me at Just Being Honest KB. Remember, Bean has no G. And send me an email and let me know what your favorite part of this show was. Also, if you have any ideas for our next episode together about relationship, toxic living, um, curiosity is definitely on the top of that list. But until next time, guys, if you feel like I deserved it, which I hope you did, um, head on over to Apple iTunes and send in a five-star rating, send in a comment. I'd love to hear your voices. So until next time, it's been an honor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. When I travel, it's really, really important that I have all the wellness tools in my toolbox to keep me healthy and to keep my immunities just in tip-top shape. So one of the products, one of the brands that I love to support and always have in my travel backpack is a brand called Wish Garden Herbs. You guys have heard me talk about it before, but I want to give you 20% off orders of $25 or more using code HONESTKB. That's the best rate you will get on discount from anywhere, just to let you know. But what is our Wish Garden Herbs? They are ancient remedies for the modern world. They are a woman-owned and family-run business since 1979, which I love 
so incredibly much. You know how much I love that. And Wish Garden Herbs is the fastest growing liquid herbal extract brand in the U.S. They specialize in formulating radically effective herbal tinctures made from organic, sustainably sourced plants. And you know how much I love walking through the meadows, walking through the gardens, and picking up all of my little plant friends around there and using my own remedies in those ways as well. They're from Boulder, Colorado, and you know I love a Midwest brand. They make their herbal formulas from the old-fashioned way, extracting whole herbs with water and alcohol. So Wish Garden offers over 100 all-natural herbal formulas across for adults, kids, pregnancies, yeah, the line goes on and on, but amongst their best-selling proprietary blends are the Kick-Ass Immune Activator, which I always have with me, the Kick-Ass Allergy, perfect for any time of the year, especially this time of the year, the After Ease, the Happy Ducks, the Serious Cough, the Deep Stress, and the Deep Lung. Their symptom-soothing formulas offer the in-the-moment results targeting Conditions such as immunity, allergy, sleep, stress, your brain health, respiratory, digestion, lactation, postpartum, and so much more. Again, y'all, I want to give you 20% off all orders of $25 or more using the code HONESTKB. Set your wellness toolbox up today because you know travel season's going to be coming, gatherings are going to be hitting the road again. So make sure you are ready to go. Enjoy. Enjoy. 